Hello guys and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection, episode 29. I'm Jojo Fraser and here to talk to you about a massive taboo, which is homelessness. Something that we really find hard to understand. If you've ever judged a homeless person, you've been afraid to approach one. If you're that person that buys a homeless person a soup and a sandwich or food, listen to this podcast. You're going to learn a lot. I learned so much. And it comes back to these things I bang on and on and on about. Listening. Really, really, really listening. Judging less. Living more. Loving more. Trying to get into the mind of someone else. You need to do more of that, guys. Mental health and homelessness is huge, as you would imagine. And I've since interviewed people that have been homeless and there'll be some written content coming out about this but I have Siri Price and Nick Price here today. Siri's doing a really really great dissertation all about this and working really hard and researching and trying to think about ways we can help homeless people and products around their mental health and Nick volunteers, he's volunteering at Shelter, they're sleeping out this weekend, Social Bite, another incredible charity. Nick is one of many giving up the Christmas day to go and help, to hand out jackets to homeless people. And sometimes we judge people that are homeless. So how can they afford that jacket? Well, actually, they may have just had it from Shelter, an amazing charity. It goes back to how we judge people, guys. This is such an important episode. The kids came home a little earlier than planned because the in-laws were getting tired. So they do um, butt in a little bit in between um, me passing them the iPad babysitter for half an hour. And it was really nice to have them singing with us at the end. A little stressful being interrupted because I like to get into my discussions, but um, really nice to have them to sing with us at the end. So um, really, really glad we managed to get this recorded. A vital conversation. Hope you enjoy. Please rate us, guys. It certainly deserves lots of stars, this episode. This is really, really important. So if you can ha- hit the star, more people will find us, more people will read it, more people will open up their minds. I certainly had mine opened up. Okay, Nick and Siri, am I pronouncing your name right? Yes. <laughs> Such a beautiful name. Where did you get the idea? You can uh, well, I wanted um, I wanted Mavanwi. Mavanwi? Yeah. Don't even ask. I'm so glad I got Siri. <laughs> so, so I, well, obviously, I've got three kids, um, Jesper, Siri, and Freya. But, um, I mean, I was born in Wales, so I wanted a Welsh name. I didn't get a Welsh name for my son. He got Jesper. Um, she was born, and I wanted Mavanwi, um, which is a... Imagine, <laughs> imagine. <laughs> You'd have to abbreviate that, would you? Oh, Definitely. What? Yeah, I don't even know how you would. I think it's it's a beautiful name. It's a singing name. So anyway, um, I've threatened any time that she's um, bad in the future. And I know she's twenty one now, but I've threatened any time she's bad in the future, I'm going to deed pull change her name back back to Mavanwi from Siri. <laughs> the only good thing with Siri is oh, not the only good thing, but the one good thing is that we had um, uh, we had a uh, a situation where. Um, obviously, Apple decided that they would make their operating system Siri. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. And uh, got yeah. me an iPhone. I, yeah, I love the name. 
I really like it. Yeah, I don't mind it now. Siri or Siri. 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 Yeah. Siri. It's very nice because my parents call me Joanne and my dad looked at me, but my dad lost his sight when he was 19. So he looked at me when I was a few days old and he said, you're a Jojo, you're not a Joanne. My mum still calls me Joanne and it's quite a debate because I don't feel like Joanne. I yeah. it's too formal for me. I'm quite an informal person. Yeah. Was he waiting? Jojo's fun. Jojo's yeah. fun. So uh, I... I I met a guy um, from Vincent Bell recently, and he changed his name to Jasper James Noir, because he didn't like his name. I think his name was like George or something like that. <laughs> no, 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 that's wrong. His name was Stuart, and he didn't uh, like Stuart it. was my hairdresser. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so, funny. so funny, isn't no, it? So that's uh, the thought of changing your name. I quite like that. Um, but we were going to talk today about well, identity and when we feel like we're not heard and we feel we're isolated. So you're actually doing a really interesting dissertation. Do you want to yeah. tell me a bit more about that? So it's a design project and because it's my final year, we have the freedom to decide what we want to do, which is great. And I decided to base mine on homelessness and how a product can improve a daily life for a homeless person. So I started researching just basic facts and a massive part of homelessness is mental health mm-hmm. and I personally don't know a lot about it because I haven't suffered from mental health before mm-hmm. so I thought it'd be great to chat to you and see someone else's perspective on it. Amazing yeah. and we've got Nick here, your dad too, who does a lot with mental health and has recently launched a really important night in the business community too about when we really screw up. You want to tell us a bit about that? Screw up or... or... <laughs> Well, it's, it's uncut. You, you it's on. uncut. <laughs> Fuck up nights. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I think it's. Um, I mean, mental health in, uh, is obviously a, a massive problem, uh, and it's getting bigger. In fact, it's the biggest killer in the UK, mm-hmm. um, bigger than cancer. Um, and and I was at an amazing uh, conference last week um, with uh, Amy McDonald's head torch, and you know, listened to some incredible speakers from all over the world talk about mental health and. Um, and while Siri is obviously um, covering her project on mental health and homelessness, uh, in homeless, um, you know, mental health is affecting everybody. And, and if you look at things like um, the business world, you know, people are under more stress, constantly connected, 24-7, uh, no rest, you know, you know, no ability to escape anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you, end up with, um, uh, you end up with problems with... Um, uh, you end up with problems for for uh, your your mental health basically um, and so yeah we launched um, we launched a new network um, and obviously Jojo was a speaker in the first event um, so yeah and making mistakes is obviously or making mistakes and, and, and screwing up is is all part of that but yeah the amount of people that probably don't realize that even the most successful people are are you know, suffering with mental health problems as well. Mm-hmm. And that night I was saying how I, I walked past a homeless guy and he was just going on about how he felt so misunderstood and why no one would stop to talk. And I think from a mental health point of view, when you feel isolated, you feel like no one's taking the time to listen because mm-hmm. what we really crave as humans is connection. But when we feel like people aren't taking the time to listen to us, now there's various reasons why we don't listen. And to be honest, for me, sometimes I feel intimidated approaching a homeless person because, you know, as, a, as someone who's suffered with anxiety, I think, well, what if, you know, they turn on me or they're angry or they're really drunk 
and they, you know, you have mm-hmm. all these perceptions, but a lot of them, I'm sure, are very, very, the ones I've spoken to are very nice people and they just want to be heard. And, you know, when we pigeonhole them as, oh, they're just going to use that money on booze or, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It must be awful. And you were at an event and you were speaking with Social Bite too? Yeah, to Social Bite. And did you learn quite a lot from those conversations? I or? did, yeah. It's interesting because through the before my research, I didn't really think about homelessness in such a like a broad way. I just thought I had my views on it, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But after what were your views on it? I mean, pretty much the same thing. You wouldn't, you'd want to approach them and give them help, but there is that hold back where you think, what if they, they are on drugs or they, you know, they they don't want stomach to go up to them but I actually posted a survey online and got I think 250 responses and one of the questions was would you give money to a homeless person and I think 80% said no and it was basically just to do with they don't know what they're going to spend the money on Mm -hmm. they would rather give them sandwich and hot drink Mm -hmm. and that was really interesting and then speaking to homeless people directly you as a figure you may not you see them on the streets and you may not even notice them you walk past them but then you speak to them and they're actually just wanting help and they they don't know what to do they sit there and they watch people go past but they don't yeah they wouldn't have the courage to go up to someone and i think as you were saying no one would have the courage to go up to them as well so it's it's a vicious circle but there's another interesting thing on that which is you're saying that um uh, you know, in Jojo, you're saying about anxiety and about you know approaching a homeless person and are they going to turn on you? Mm-hmm. But actually, if you look at the stats, many homeless people are abused on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you know, they're, so they're not only living in isolation because they're on the street, um, but they're living in isolation because they're 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 forced down these. They seem to be forced down these um, dark holes. Uh, you know where they don't want to go to um uh you talk to some of the organizations people don't want to come off the street and go into hostels because they're afraid of being abused in the hostel yeah mm-hmm. um you read about uh people who are abused on the street with people spitting on them and oh. and urinating on them oh. and, and hitting them we've had it in edinburgh recently where a, a young guy was was basically urinated on by a bunch of guys coming out of a club why so, did they do that because they probably think it's funny, and um, you know when you're when you're tanked up on drink, you probably think it's um, you probably think it's hilarious, but you don't actually think about you know the, that person's mind. Um, I can't imagine you think very much when you're tanked up about anybody's mind, to be honest, because you're not even thinking about your own, are you, to be honest? But um, I think that's yeah. worrying that someone would find that funny to that, pee over someone. Listen, I think I think people find all kinds of things funny that you probably any sensible human being would think you know are, are not funny. But the other thing is about you were saying there about not giving them, um, uh, not giving them money, but buying them a sandwich or something like that. Th- when you you know I've bought lunch for homeless people. Um, you know I've gone into prep, come out the other side feeling God, I've got a prep bag with me, and there's a guy sitting on the corner. Um, yeah. So I went and bought another prep bag. You know what if that guy's got a nut allergy? Yeah, I know. What if that That's guy, what I'm what if that guy doesn't like tomato? Yeah, but what if that guy doesn't like tomato soup? You know, yeah, do you like tomato soup? Yeah. You might like it, but he doesn't have to like it. Every but then you give him a tomato soup. You know. Yeah. 
every homeless person I bought a sandwich for I've said, do you like ham and cheese? Like, <laughs> yeah. Before I go and buy it, do you yeah. like it? And okay, like, yeah, so you're a, bit, you're a bit smarter. I think but, about it. Yeah, but, but the point is, you know, what if they've got a nut allergy? Yeah. What if they are um, lactose intolerant? What if they, all these things that I did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What if they're gluten-free? they're but, vegan. Yeah, yeah, but the point is, we, we can laugh about it, but actually, we didn't know about all this kind of stuff ourselves, mm-hmm. did we? So these um, homeless people aren't going to sit there and go, by the way, have you got me a nut-free, uh, you know, when you pass a bag over, you know, they slap it in their face and the next thing they've got, you know, they've got a problem. So nobody, th- I don't even think about that. Yeah. I just buy a sandwich and give it to them. Mm-hmm. So there's another reason for, you know. And also, if everyone was to just say, we'll get them food and hot drink, what if we're, they're overeating? It gets to the point, well, actually, what do, so I guess it goes back to, listening because mm-hmm. they feel isolated and judged and oh that's really nice people are thinking about me but are they actually listening so maybe yeah. well what else would do you need the money for are you saving up to pay for a hostel or some kind of accommodation or have you got some research as to what people are asking for or what, mm-hmm. what could be a better alternative to a sandwich i mean it's funny yesterday in the focus group that i held with social bite the um for homeless or people who have been homeless before, they said they would rather have clothes given to them or right. warmer blankets, and because they can survive long without well, long enough without food to an extent, but they could die from being so cold. They and that could happen any time, so that made me realize every homeless person I went past today, I was just like, oh, I wish I could give you a blanket or my jacket, but. Yeah, it's difficult. It's but, a difficult topic. And, there, and there's another point, isn't it? We walk past these homeless people. Now, obviously, we have organised gangs, and, and, and there's nothing worse than seeing organised homeless people, yeah? Because uh, that really puts you off all homeless people then, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, um, I, um, I've, I've worked for Crisis at Christmas um, for a couple of years, and I'm working Christmas Day this year. Um, it's amazing. Uh, so, see, you won't... Uh, <laughs> see you won't see your dad on Christmas yeah. Day, Were but you away all day or? most of the day. Wow. Um, but it's the most rewarding thing you can possibly do. So anybody that's listening, give up Christmas for for home for crisis because I tell you, you meet some incredible people, and you talk about you know we talk about people down on their luck. These are people in the gutter, yeah, and um, you know it's incredible to see them get a warm roof over their head on Christmas Day. It's just an incredible feeling. But one of the things that crisis does is it organizes um, the whole setup so that they have hairdressers to cut their hair, podiatrists to look after their feet, wow. um, you know, all kinds of specialists give up their days yeah, uh, to come to the, to, the, to the center. And one of the things that they do is all the big stores give away clothes that they can't use anymore. Yeah? So it might be TK Maxx or it might be a Marks and Spencers or somebody. And what they do is they donate a lot of clothes. Now these are new clothes, these are not used clothes, okay? And two years ago, I was on jacket duty, yeah? And um, basically, I had rails of brand new winter jackets. Wow. Like brand new, yeah? And I had homeless people who were coming up and to be frank, they smelled homeless, yeah? They were, you know, they were in a poor state, these people. Um, and then you just take their old jacket, chuck it in the bin, um, and offer them a new jacket. But you imagine if you saw a homeless person sitting in the street with a brand new Nike jacket on, yeah? You're immediately gonna think, 
he doesn't need anything. He's got a brand new Nike jacket. <laughs> but actually, he was at a crisis centre picking oh, it up. Right. Oh, and he didn't buy it. He, Nike, you know, Marks and Spencers or somebody oh. gave to crisis. And I just happened to pass it off the rail to the guy or to the lady. Oh. So, but we automatically think because they've got a brand new pair of trainers on or a brand new jacket. That is such a good point. Mm-hmm. That is such an important point. And people need to know that we need to educate people on this sort of stuff. You know, because once you talk about it, exactly. more people are aware. It's easier to be sympathetic if we understand what what's actually going on. Yeah. So how many years have you have you done this? Well, this will be the third year I've done it. Wow. So, um, but I mean, I've done. Um, I mean, homelessness has been a big. I mean, I think I'm I'm really proud of Siri because, mm-hmm. you know, for me, homelessness has been a, a massive. I I just don't get how in the twenty first century, you know, in the world of. You know, here we are sitting recording a podcast with all kinds of technology and, you know, we've got, you know, we've got self-driving cars and all kinds of stuff, um, you know, and, and, and all this amazing things. We can't put a roof over somebody's head. And uh, it absolutely, um, it absolutely uh, winds me up. So I've done work with Crisis, but also um, uh, Social Bite. Um, Barbara Van Haag at Social Bite is, is an incredible woman, and, and that's who's helping Siri. So Social Bite, um, uh, Serenian, Street Soccer Scotland, Homeless World Cup. Um, wow. So all, once, you, once you do some stuff with it, you don't need to do a lot with them, but once you do something with all these different people you realize how many brilliant people are out there um, and there's another one by the way i'm um, just talking about isolation um invisible cities um uh, is a relatively new social charity yeah um and uh, zakia muali um who's a french girl um who you may have met zakia in passing from because she's she's becoming bigger and bigger you know and uh, in in the in the social circuit and uh, zakia came from france she's been here for 10 years but she worked for Social Bite, um, but now she started her own wow. um, social charity. And what she's doing is taking homeless people off the street and turning them into um, street tour guides. So she's oh, giving. Oh, I heard about there. I saw the video on Facebook. Yeah, that's Zakia. And Zakia, and she basically came up with the idea to take um, to take um, um, homeless people um, off the street, and then. To give them back some self-respect uh, and by giving them a, a, a future, you know, and, and there are, there are people working for her like Sonny who who I've known for a long time who's had you know his troubles you know and has been homeless, um, and now Sonny is is like a different man all and he's like a social media possessed guru. Um, you know, this, is a, this is a guy that was you know having problems in his life basically, um, so. You know, there are loads of people doing loads of stuff to try and help. So, you know, and that's why I'm kind of pleased that Siri chose um, uh, homelessness as a subject. I think another um, struggle is people, when they judge, they think, well, why are they homeless? Why, why are they not doing something with their life? Why is it taking them to get to that point? Mm-hmm. I mean, what makes someone homeless? Do you have any studies as to how it happens? There's so many reasons. It's difficult for me because I don't have a lot of time in my project to research, but it was one of the first things I looked at. And a lot of it, I mean, it varies from fallouts with relatives. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of young homelessness people. So, I mean, teenagers, it's mostly because of fallouts with relatives and parents who don't want them any not don't want them but get to a point where they chuck them out they don't have anywhere to go mm-hmm. um and it can go to losing tenancies as well it's a massive especially in the uk as well tenancies or not having enough money to pay rent yeah. 
anything like that and they just chuck you out and they expect you they expect them to find somewhere mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't have a friend's couch to stay on or a family to go back to so I think that it is thinking about why is that person homeless and what maybe it was something a lot bigger than you think because mm-hmm. you may think oh they got into drugs or they got they're alcoholics so that's why they're on and that's why you don't give them money yeah. but it can be something a lot deeper and I think that ties a lot in with mental health as well because yeah. the mental health can start it can be a cause of homelessness and it can be a consequence of it as well so it's it is a circle yeah yeah oh it's so tough it is tough yeah but what you're saying nick is how is this allowed to happen these days i mean it seems crazy there's people mm-hmm. we're walking past people who are freezing they are i mean it's cold out there and it's amazing what they're doing this sleep out have you done this sleep out we're before? doing it we are we are we are going to vol- we're both volunteering with social bite oh, um so we're we are both uh, working with social bite So you're both doing it this year? Yes. Yep. Amazing. How are you feeling about it? I've never done it before, so I'm not, I'm quite excited actually. Yeah, I've just meeting um, some of the speakers because they, they have a few um, ex-homeless people, homeless people who speak on stage and I met a few of them yesterday and they're great so it made me, I was nervous before because I don't, I hate the cold but uh, yeah, I'm excited now. My brother did it last year, actually, and um, but they sent them home halfway through the it's night. Crazy. It, last year it was incredible. Well, you got to remember, it was the start of the Beast from the East. So oh, that's right. They, they got oh. hit with, not the snow, but they got hit with severe cold last year. Uh, a lot of people were in pretty bad shape. But take that. I mean, you know, there's people who've come from their house, um, uh-huh. they've, gone, they've gone and had to sleep out for a few hours, you know, with a can of Coke and everything else, and, uh, and got freezing cold. If you're homeless, you don't have where do to go you go? To, yeah. I slept. I, I I've done it. I've done it three times. Uh, I did it once with a group of guys underneath Arthur's seat for tech sleep out. Yeah, and it rained from the minute we got there to, to, to the next morning. And the whole deal was you never left your ground sheet until the next morning. Yeah, and I remember. First of all, I remember not sleeping. I remember my sleeping bag being full of water all night. Yeah, and I remember eventually dropping off for a minute and there was a girl called Dee Pollitt who now lives in Australia actually um, and I woke up leaning on Dee and Dee leaning on me and when I looked down we were in the water we come off the sleep we come off the um, the, the <laughs> off the, the, the blanket we were on and uh, um, we were lying in a puddle and um, we were so we were so so cold the next morning yeah and that was just one night yeah and, so and you, you kind of think yeah we can all do that. We can all give up a night, that's for sure. That was a big thing yesterday in my focus group. They were saying the one thing that they struggle with massively is wet clothes because they, they have nowhere to dry them. So they're walking around with shoes that are soaked through and then they just have to wear them on their feet till they dry. They, they, can't, oh. you know, they can't shove it in a tumble dryer. So yeah, that was massive. Where do homeless people go and wash? Is there somewhere they can go? There are some charities or companies that have kind of use open spaces for that but there isn't a lot mm-hmm. um none that i can find that i think um that would make a massive difference but um yeah it's difficult i suppose also when you're coming back to this thing about isolation the other thing is i suppose if you're um uh, if you're um homeless and you know 
coming back to your point, Jojo, about you know your anxiety and approaching homeless people. When you when you look at a lot of homeless people who've been probably living their lives on the street, they look bad to start with. I mean, they're probably not bad, but they just look bad, don't they? And they look basically they look stinking let's be honest well let's be honest I mean they look stinking they need a lot of TLC yeah they need a huge amount of TLC and when you go to crisis at Christmas you see this transformation and you know and I've been blessed now to see it two years uh, and I'll see it this Christmas as well but you see people going in there who look stinking yeah I I, I was telling somebody yesterday um, when I was there two years ago um, a woman um, a lady who'd been homeless for a long time she was having, she went to see the podiatrists that they had, yeah? And they had to basically chisel off her socks, yeah? Oh, um, because she never, ever took her socks off, yeah? But her toenails had grown right round in a circle. Um, and her toenails were digging into the bottom of her feet and she was walking on them daily, yeah? Oh. Um, and it took them ages to clean her feet up, yeah? Um, but you kind of think, you know, we, we probably look at her and think, you know, Stinky old tramp. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But actually, when she when I saw her after she'd been helped and you know and, and with her feet and they, they cut her hair and all kinds of stuff, you know, and she had a shower and, and I mean to be honest, they had to throw everything out, like everything, yeah. Oh. Um, but that old lady was living in those clothes constantly, and and you kind of think if that doesn't add to your social isolation. Because none of us would, to be honest, let's be honest, none of us are going to walk up and give her a cuddle and kiss, silly, you know, and say, oh, I hope you feel better today, because she'll be minging. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple, she'll be minging. And um, you might feel like you want to do it, but so you're supposed you've got that social stigma of, well, you know, nobody wants to be near me because I'm stinking. But if you can't clean yourself up, how can you not be stinking? Yeah. And that's, uh, it's a really vicious circle. It, I, I, I have no idea how you sort it. It's really, really hard. And in terms of the mental health stats, have you come across any discoveries in terms of homeless people with depression, um, suicide, things like that? Mm-hmm. I think it's 34% of homeless, homeless people, or rough sleepers in gen, uh, specifically, um, report mental health issues through their lifetime on the streets. Mm-hmm. But then it's 20 20% of that have tried to commit suicide okay. so it's massive it's and I don't think it's thought about enough especially when I'm talking to my peers at uni mm-hmm. um, none of them would ever have even guessed that mm-hmm. um, but as um, dad said it's so difficult to sort out I don't think you can have I don't think homelessness will end but um, you can certainly take steps to or design products, trying what I'm trying to do, to help them. Mm-hmm. Even just, I think it is with mental health, making them feel like people want to help them and making them feel wanted, mm-hmm. yeah. Because giving them a voice. Yeah, because from my book, and I know you wanted to ask me some questions about my research, but what, what I see is, right, there's people that are homeless or struggling with poverty or have really tough childhoods, but then I speak to people all the time that are like, from lovely homes, they've got loads of money, lovely families mm-hmm. who are still committing suicide and mm-hmm. it's, it's really, really tough. Um, so, you know, mental health does not discriminate, mm-hmm. but there's a few key things that really come up in my research and it's, first of all, feeling like we're not heard, feeling like we don't have connections, 
which is massive because we all crave connections but a lot of the time when you feel like you're not heard that's when you push people away mm-hmm. and this this um, thing that we take things personally mm-hmm. so we don't take the time to really get in the, the head of the other person so what you're saying about the Nike jacket or whatever people are judging mm-hmm. too easily and we need to judge less Mommy. and love more but that's really really hard Mommy. So yeah, I mean, there's these kind of patterns, no matter how much money we have, that really, you know, will impact our mind. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the first one is feeling judged, not feeling heard, no matter what you have in your bank account and what material possessions you have. We need to feel like we have a voice. And it's actually people not just providing solutions, but really taking the time to understand how it feels to be homeless, Mm -hmm. how it feels to be freezing every night, how it feels to have people come and give you a sandwich that you might not like, when what you really want is a packet of sanitary towels or Tampax or a towel or cotton wool or or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the first key way we can educate people Mm -hmm. is to really get into their heads. Yeah, I think it's... (coughs) I mean, I think it's you know it's it's funny, isn't it? We've been we've been trying to educate for forever. I feel like I've heard about homelessness all my life. You know, I'm in my fifties, and I I feel like I've only ever listened. To, that's why it probably frustrates me because you know here I am at the kind of second half of my life, and and I feel like the first half of my life I listened to people talk about homelessness. You know, but now it seems to be getting worse. It doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems to be getting worse. You know, and, and the fact that I've just named half a dozen charities that I've done some work with, yeah. There are probably a thousand charities, you know, that try to help on the homeless situation. I mean, you know, I mean, your, even your university at Strathclyde, they're probably doing loads of stuff around homelessness as well. Yeah, our, our, our men's hockey team is um, raising money for uh, homeless charities. So yeah. Wow. yeah, so there you go. So loads of people, it, 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 loads of people are trying to sort it, but, and, and, and we're all trying to educate people, but it doesn't seem to be getting any better. There was a, there was a, there was a the article. Um, I think it was this morning actually. Maybe it was yesterday. Three hundred and fifty thousand people in the UK are considered homeless. Yeah, three hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, over a quarter of a million people are considered homeless. So you kind of think. And, and by the way, don't forget, there's lots of versions of homelessness. It's not everybody mm-hmm. living in the street. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because I believe. I was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah well, is that, you're right. Is it couch surfing? And yeah, I mean, homelessness is a term for when you don't have a home. That could mean. You're sleeping in hostels, you're staying on a friend's couch, uh, or you're sleeping on the streets with roofless is yeah, rough sleeping. So homelessness is massive. It's not someone you just walk past on the street. It could be a teenager who's trying to go to school but also staying in hostels or, you know, something. Why do you think it's getting worse? Do you think if, say, we were in America, which has a culture for welcoming people in, strangers you know, America's in, worse than Britain. Is it really? America, America is far worse than Britain. America's got a massive, massive homeless problem. Massive. You wouldn't you think, think Yeah, because I, I just think, from what I hear about the American culture, it's like inviting people into their homes. You know, every American I've spoken to, they say, oh, the homes are open come and stay and it's the done thing whereas it wouldn't be so much in the uk but that's no, interesting. america is america is a massive massive problem and, and it, it's much worse than the uk um, wow. some of the big tech cities for instance yeah, yeah. um you know uh, huge homeless problems you know look at property i mean look at edinburgh uh, you know how much did it cost you to buy a, you know, 
How much does it cost you to live in a, a nice house in Edinburgh? A lot of money, yeah? If you're at the bottom of that food chain and there's not sustainable housing, um, and there's not enough of it, mm-hmm. you only need to be thrown out of your tenancy. Where do you go next? Because, the, you know, Edinburgh's a, a rich city. You, know, it, it, you need a certain level of income to, to have a decent life here, don't you? Um, and it, it, so it can't be easy for people that are at the bottom end of that chain constantly finding themselves you know, up against it, basically. Um, so Mentally straining, I think. I think if you're in that situation. I think that's how it, mental health is so easy to happen in homelessness as well. Because you, if you, I was saying earlier that when, like homelessness can happen overnight to anyone. Mm-hmm. It can be literally someone who's in a house, has all these belongings, and then the next day they lose their, they lose their house, and the tenant says, okay, you've got to be out now. But then they were, where do they go? They go to hostel, but they may not have enough money to stay in a hostel for ages. Mm-hmm. And then I think there is a lot of strain on that, especially people I've talked to saying, saying that they just felt like they were left out almost and just yeah, isolated. But, but and I, I suppose you know the other thing is you carry your life with you in the carrier bags that you've got. Yeah. How to pre- I mean, you know, we talk about mental health, but mental health is anxiety. You I mean you're better, pre- pre- you're better, you know, prepared than all of us for this. Anxiety, depression, stress. I mean, mental health isn't just. I mean, I mean mental health's a big term, isn't it? I mean, it's a massive term. But actually, you know, uh, you know, earlier this year I suffered symptomatic depression. You know, and and it came from nothing, and it hit me like a brick. Um, you know, and uh, you know, luckily I have you know a supportive family and supportive colleagues and friends. You know, and, and, and you get over it and you move on. But imagine if you didn't. Imagine if I was in the street and I got that bout of symptomatic depression. I might have been finished. Yeah. Because if there's nobody there, how lonely would that have been? I was lucky, you know, I had tons of support. But I worry for people who've got no um, support net mechanism. Yeah, it's awful. So, I mean, the makeup of, of mental health, you know, look at, you're a specialist in it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with that anxiety, yeah, the thing is about anxiety, I mean, we're all born with anxiety, and we all have different levels of it, given our experiences. I always had slightly higher levels. My dad's the same way, it's the way we're wired, you know, mm-hmm. whereas some people like my mum would be very black and white, and all oh, get, get over yourself, don't worry about yourself too much. So I was that person on a bus that thought, you know, someone got on with a bag, it was a bomb. Now this is before the kind of terrorism mm-hmm. that as we know today. Um, so I always had higher levels and all the research I've been doing with all the therapists and the positive psychologists and all that stuff is actually trying to rewire the brains so that these thoughts come in less. So mm-hmm. actually, yes, I have bad anxiety, but I can walk a stage or I can, I can mm-hmm. do things that are really, really scary. like. Public speaking is the number one fear in the world, right? But somehow I can get up and I'm not shaking anymore. Like, yeah, I get a bit nervous before because I care about the work I do. But I know I've turned that that fear, that anxiety from a fear to an excitement. So actually anxiety is now my superpower. And you see people that have been brought up in really tough situations that go on, people that were homeless, but are able to use that experience and turn that fear and that anger into something really exciting mm-hmm. and then go and make a change because they believe so strongly like I heard a talk recently from a guy what's the guy called that one big brother that was from a really rough council estate okay, 
I'll get his name and I'll, I'll put it in. Um, but he, he'd, he was contemplating suicide because life was so bad and it was so tough in his family. You know, I think it was drugs in the family and things. And he just thought there's no way out. There's absolutely no way out. And it's so easy to, to focus on all these negative thoughts we get about a situation when actually there was a way out. But it just took a bit of work and he just mm-hmm. had to raise his voice and be heard and then he somehow got onto Big Brother and, and he's <laughs> now doing amazing things and he's touring around and he's probably making really good money doing speaking gigs and stuff. Yeah. So there's a way out. I mean, look at Billy Connolly and people like that who had really tough childhoods and they've, they've managed to break free from it. So I think for me, of course, it's getting support and sometimes that means counselling or meditation and um, medication. And meditation, um, <laughs> but getting that support, but also fundamentally, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. So we need support to make that happen, of course. But it's something inside of us. Perhaps it's a stubbornness to go screw this. I'm not sticking for it. Like this mm-hmm. is wrong, or just a, a determination that comes from within. And I think that's hard because we're all different, right? And we have different things that drive us but to pick herself up and try and make something good because I'm working with different people all the time and with the research I do people that have lost babies people that have been homeless people that have had chronic depression now some of these people are poor some of them are rich I'm constantly interviewing people I'm so inquisitive about this and what makes someone more resilient because we all have you know the same hours in the day we don't all have the same resources but uh, it's a tricky one it, it definitely comes with a choice to try and mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, and, I, and I, I think that you know for me when Siri chose um, you know to design a product for homeless people mm-hmm. you know that was you know, to me that was another sign that you know the, there are tons of good people out there all trying to do something to help people that are homeless yeah and, and that's kind of really important you know, you asked about, you talk about education, you know, how do we, how do we get everybody thinking that it's wrong? Not just Siri, not just me, not just you, you know, not just the guy next door. Everybody needs to see that this is wrong, you know, and, and, and then everybody complains about homeless people, yeah? Everybody complains about homeless We all say, God, Princess Street is littered with, you know, all these homeless people. You know, I've done it. I've said, you know, bloody hell, there's too many homeless people on Princess Street, Yeah. But then you kind of think, once you've worked for some of these charities, you kind of think, well, where else do they go, you know? And if they're going to beg, you're not going to beg up an alleyway, are you? You're going to beg where there are people who've got money, you know? But then we, we you know, we, we get annoyed because there are people who, you know, they put signs out, you know? Actually, some of these people could be doing with some, you know, some ex- experienced communications people to tell them how to write signs, yeah? Because... Everybody writes the same sign. I need eighteen pound for a hostel tonight. Well, once you've seen that sign, you know twenty times, you kind of start thinking, "What well, does everybody need eighteen pound for a hostel?" Now, some of those people will, you know, but that's the thing. We see so many of them now on our streets. We're almost becoming, for a lot of people, they're becoming anti-homelessness because they're seeing so many people. But how do we stop so many people getting on the street in the first place? Because we're not all thinking about it. And that's a hard thing. And I hear what you're saying when people complain and they don't do anything about it. I mean, to be straight, we're never going to get everyone interested. And there'll be people saying, I don't have time or mm-hmm. all these excuses. Or or maybe they're 
working on other charities so they just can't do their mm-hmm. bit and it's, it's hard but even if we can get you can't do everything you can't do it all but even if you can get raising awareness so that people that could do something maybe understand a little mm-hmm. bit more um, I think that would be a good starting point well for the most vulnerable for the most vulnerable surely when you know I mean here we are doing this in Edinburgh it was really cold last night it was really cold last night yeah mm-hmm. um, for the most vulnerable, they shouldn't be on the street. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you've got a mental illness and you're outside in that weather, pretty surely there's only one way that's going to end up, isn't it? And that's dead. Uh, you know, I mean, you freeze to death with hypothermia. There's no coming back from that. Um, so surely the most vulnerable need we need some kind of solution. You know, Social Bite have started their Social Bite Village down at the, the waterfront at Leith. What a brilliant idea! Yeah, find. Look how many old buildings there are that nobody's doing anything with them. Yeah. How much would it cost to turn those into? And I don't mean squat horrible things. Yeah. I mean into something sensible. How yeah. much? Something nice. Something decent. So. Well, that's been some really powerful discussions, and I think we're going to sing that out and let's all have a think about what we can do to help. This <laughs> time. There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We let in light and we banish shade And in our world of plenty We can spread a smile of joy Throw your arms around the world It's Christmas time Christmas time, it's hard, but when you're having fun, there's a world outside your window, and it's a world of dread and tears, where a kiss of love can kill you, and there's death in every tear, and the Christmas bells that ring there. Are the changing times of doom? Well, tonight we're reaching out and touching you. Oh, guys, we never done a song. Here's to you, raise a glass to everyone. Here's to them, and the way years to come. Now they know it's Christmas. I think we've got the wrong words. No!
why I hate Christmas too early. Oh my god, it's the longest 